And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever Show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. It's the Best Friends Forever! Best Friends Forever! Best friends forever. I am Frank Stamfel. No Greg Sussman. He's out celebrating his wedding. We'll get into that a little bit later on. EY will join us a little bit later on the show as well. But welcome to everybody to the Sports Grid TV network, Zumo Channel 719. Also now on the Stir Network as well. We want to welcome you all in. It was an awesome, awesome week 10 in fantasy football. We're going to get into all the winners, the losers, the eh situations a little bit later on. A lot of running backs uh, backfields that we want to talk about, the split, the way that things broke out yesterday between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, David Johnson and Kenyon Drake, the Bucks backfield situation. But before all that, I want to talk about the real winner from week 10, somebody that remains undefeated. And no, I'm not talking about the San Francisco 49ers. They have not played yet. The internet, the internet remains undefeated. All we needed was one clip Of Dak Prescott, I don't even know what you want to call what he was doing, stretching before the game. And this thing went viral on Twitter last night. And I'm telling you, if you have not had the opportunity to go down the rabbit hole that is hashtag Dak dances to anything, then please do that for the rest of the day. Because as you can see now, if you're watching on the SportsGrid TV network, uh, this is some kind of stretch that he does before the game uh, to get himself ready to go to loosen up his hips or whatever it might be. It clearly worked because he had a good game, but it's pretty ridiculous to watch. And we do appreciate everyone listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network to the BFFs, listening to us on podcast form. But this is what you can see when you watch the BFFs live here on the SportsGrid TV network. We've got to get to everything. It's not just, you know, what's happening on the field throughout the games. We got to talk about everything that's going viral as well. So this Dak Prescott, Dak dances to anything. Um, we, I saw Suave Mente. That was by far my favorite one. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Dak Prescott and the internet remains undefeated as well. Uh, before we jump into all these winners, losers, and ass situations, do want to wish a happy Veterans Day to everybody. Past, present, future service men and women around the country who help keep this country safe. So happy Veterans Day to everybody out there as well. The biggest winner, I think it's obvious. I mean, every week he's a winner and you're a winner if you start him in fantasy football as well. That is Lamar Jackson. I mean, what Lamar Jackson is doing this season, I had to do a triple take earlier today. I tweeted that out earlier. Drink. This man is 11th in the NFL in rushing yards. He is a quarterback. How do I know that he's a quarterback? Well, he posted a perfect 
passer rating yesterday, 158.3. Lamar Jackson, that is now the second time this season that Lamar Jackson has posted a perfect passer rating. So for anyone out there who's saying, oh, well, this is a gimmicky offense. He only did it against the Miami Dolphins. Yes, he did it against the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. But you know what? Other really, really good quarterbacks are playing against the Miami Dolphins. They're playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Are they posting perfect passer ratings? You got EY. I don't see anyone else out there posting perfect passer ratings. So one of, if not my biggest winner yesterday and every single week is Lamar Jackson. Again, second perfect passer rating on the season. Aaron Rodgers has one perfect passer rating in his entire career. And with that, I will welcome in my good buddy, WWE superstar, Eric Young. What's going on, EY? Yes, sir. Oh, are you wearing the Titans helmet? <laughs> I see you yes, now sir. up in the studio. Shout out to EY and his Tennessee Titans. I texted you as soon as they got the victory yesterday. Really, really yep. fun game between the Titans and the Chiefs. Of course, on the back, or rather the legs of Derrick Henry. The guy is just unstoppable right now, EY. I honestly wanted to give you a moment at the top of the show here to just try and kind of wax poetic when it comes to Derrick Henry. Because again, we've heard fantasy analysts for weeks now, for months, EY telling us, sell Derrick Henry, sell Derrick Henry. He can't keep it up. He doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, which means that he can't be this good for fantasy football. Well, he just keeps being this good for fantasy football. Nearly 200 yards rushing on the ground yesterday, two touchdowns. He is currently your RB4 on the season overall. EY, that is your man, Derrick Henry. Yeah, a little late getting to the show, uh, coming off a bit of a bender from uh, celebrating the Titans' big win, just got home, and uh, it has nothing to do with Apple and their awesome updates. Um, yeah, laptop is is working like a breeze, but I mean, look, at if people are going to tell you to sell Derrick Henry, go ahead and listen to him. If they have Derrick Henry, buy him from him, because Derrick Henry is the number one running back. He's been a number one running back all season. Look at his production. Look at his stats. If someone tells you, oh, well, he doesn't catch the ball, or he's this, or he's that, then stop listening to what they're saying. They're obviously not paying attention. This is a team that wants to run the ball. This is a team that wants to lean on Derrick Henry. And when they do that, they're successful. Now, there are times when they get away from that. Last week, he had two carries in the first half. No one knows why that's a thing, but it was a thing. So, yeah, Derrick Henry is the number one running back. The stats can back it up. I don't care if he catches footballs or not. Um, that's not part of his game, and he doesn't need that to be part of his game to produce. So, guess what? I was right again. <laughs> guess what? EY was right again. EY, I would like to take this time to apologize to you as well because I bet the under on rushing yards for the season for Derrick Henry. The, the prop for him was 1,175 rushing yards for the season. I bet the under. I knew that they were going to lean on him a lot. I just didn't think that Derrick Henry was going to be this good. So I'm a fool. You were right. And I apologize. No, no, nothing to apologize about. I mean, the reality is, is that was the consensus in the offseason. That wasn't for, for me. Uh, um, I see this guy run in real life. That you, you can't even understand how fast he is. All he has to do is get to the second level. You saw that in yesterday's game. As soon as he got, he got into where the linebackers were, I yelled, he's gone. And it's exactly what happened. Nobody could catch this guy. And, I mean, second half... Do you, do you see any guys that are 185 pounds wanting to tackle this monster? Absolutely not. This is how they win football games. Derrick Henry is the man. Coming up next, we get into the winners, losers, and eh, right here, Fantasy BFFs.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV network. I am Frank Stanfield. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Sports Grid TV as well. Happy Veterans Day out there to all of our service men and women around the world, around the country as well. EY, you don't really join us on Mondays very often, but what we like to do is we like to talk about the winners, the losers, and the eh situations from this previous week. And we're going to do that starting now. The BFFs presents Winners. I won. I won. You're a winner. Losers. You suck. You are one pathetic loser. And... <laughs> eh? Oh, man. I have no idea what's going on. Winners, losers, and eh? Situations. We're going to try and break through everything. From week 10 of the fantasy football season. And EY, I wanted to start with Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. I believe he was one of the biggest winners, if not the biggest winner from yesterday. Six catches, 138 yards, three touchdowns on 10 targets going up against this Tampa Bay Bucks defense. And since Christian Kirk has returned, EY, he has led this team in targets. He has led this team in air yards. He is being targeted down the field, it is very clear that he is their most talented wide receiver at this point. It was nice to see Larry Fitzgerald back in the mix. Andy Isabella, keep an eye on Andy Isabella, starting to play a little bit more here as well. But EY, I mentioned on Friday, I had Christian Kirk inside my top 12 wide receivers, and he came through in a big way. Yeah, Christian Kirk looked amazing, even on a day when Larry Fitzgerald was figured back in uh, and, and looked pretty decent, made made a couple uh, real good catches. Christian Kirk, I think, showed up and showed everybody, look, at this is the number one in Arizona. It's a really interesting offense. The the quarterback is super mobile, super accurate, and is only going to get better, in my opinion. Um, I felt the sting uh, playing the better Cardano's in the pit league, uh, our, our home league for the Fantasy Network, um, 36 points six points from one player. So yeah, it's uh, probably going to lose this one this week. Not probably definitely going to lose. And uh, Christian Kirk, he played in my rosters. Thank you for when he played against me. I'll get you. <laughs> Look, you're not the only one who's going to lose in the pit league this week. EY, uh, the BFS for all the jokes that we made regarding our producer, Alex Fasano downstairs about him having five quarterbacks. Fantasy karma exists, everybody. Alex Fasano took us down this week, and deservedly so. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to just blame Greg Sussman for that one. If he didn't open up that can of worms, we probably would have won. Regardless, let's move over to another winner on the other side of this game, EY, and that was O.J. Howard. The ghost of O.J. Howard, back from the past. Yesterday, played 82 of 83 snaps, EY. Ran 47 routes on 55 Jameis Winston dropbacks. Season high, seven targets, 15% target share, four receptions, had a touchdown as well. And I tweeted this out yesterday, drink. 
I'm trying to figure out, EY, if this is something that we can actually trust moving forward when it comes to OJ Howard, or do you think that they just wanted to get him involved because they knew that it was a really good matchup for tight ends going up against this defense? Which side of the fence do you tend to lean on? I'm, I'm not going to trust him yet. Like the guys had one game all, all all year where you were like, oh, there's there's OJ Harrod. There's the guy that everybody in the offseason thought he was going to be. The guy with the, the crazy athletic intangibles, massive, uh, fast, good hands. I mean, he, he's got every tool, but the reality is, is he's just never, ever gotten it done. Bruce Arians has proven in the past that he's not a guy that uses tight ends. He's shown us again this year. And the reality is it's been a moving target. One week it's Bray, next week it's it's OJ Howard, or it's neither of them, or it's OJ Howard with a massive game like this. I mean, it's too much of a moving target for me. I know tight end is a mess, but I don't trust OJ Howard yet. I mean, if you have him, I feel like next week you have to start him, but I'm not like pursuing him in a trade. Uh, you know, I don't want any part of that headache if I can avoid it. Yeah, and I'm closer to where you're at regarding O.J. Howard right now, EY, because I've been burned so many times this year when it comes to him. This was one of, no, it was the best matchup that you could possibly get for a tight end. So O.J. Howard comes through here, and there can be value, right? Like, if he is the third option in the passing attack for this Bucks offense, like we all expected him to be coming into the season, there is value there for sure. I just don't know if it's going to be consistent on a weekly basis. So we'll find out. This was obviously a, a great game for him. He played a ton, as I mentioned. He only sat out one snap in this game, ran a ton of routes as well. So it seemed like they they made it a thing to get him involved. So we'll pay attention to this moving forward, but I still do lean closer to where you're at, EY, where I want to see this maybe another week before I fully trust OJ Howard once again, like I did coming into the season. I want to talk about the backfield situation for both of these teams, the Bucks and the Arizona Cardinals. And let's start with the Cardinals, EY. I think David Johnson, a very clear loser in this game. Five rushing attempts for two yards. He had only one target, one reception for eight yards. And I put Kenyon Drake in the ass eh situation, right? So me and Greg put players in the ass eh category when... You know, it's it's not clear whether they are, were a winner or a loser. And for me, that's how I feel about Kenyon Drake. Like, it's not a good thing that he's splitting touches and, and splitting work with David Johnson, but he was clearly the better running back yesterday. Uh, David Johnson yesterday played 45% of the snaps, five carries, and one target. He also lost a fumble. Kenyon Drake, 63% of the snaps, 10 carries, and seven targets. So, 17 running back opportunities. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of this backfield situation from yesterday, EY? Yeah, I, th- I feel like the Cardinals are just going to continue to be this really uh, frustrating situation. Um, now that Kenny and Drake is there, it's just going to amplify the the, the confusion of like who to play. Uh, as a guy that owns Kenny and Drake and David Johnson in a ton of places, uh, it, it's making the decision to start either of them very difficult. Kenny and Drake came out with no Edmonds and no David Johnson and showed the NFL who he is. That's what I believe. I mean, this is a guy that you've been hearing about for how many years. He's been stuck in Miami. Kellen Blodge, for some reason, is starting above him. Nobody knows why. He's not getting any volume. Uh, And without volume, you can't show the kind of running back that he really was. The first game, literally the first game in Arizona, probably barely knows the playbook. He was a machine. Now, this was a super high high scoring game, and I had talked about the the stat of Arizona Cardinals line up with four wide receivers and and sometimes five wide receivers more than any team 
in the NFL. And it's going to affect the fact that the, the running backs are just not going to get a ton of volume. I think that's going to be the offense and it's going to be, you know, a, a dart throw on whether you play these guys. David Johnson is, oh, geez, it's just so sad. A guy that was so good and so dominant. And now he looks like he's in a, a definite timeshare and the weaker part of that, too. And you know the worst part, EY2, is watching that game yesterday, David Johnson doesn't look like himself. I don't know if it's all the injuries yeah. have kind of caught up to him, but you know, it doesn't seem like he has much lateral movement. It seems like the feet are kind of slow, like he's stuck in mud. Uh, just doesn't have a lot of, you know, just jukeability. You know, the the ability to make somebody miss. You just don't see that out of David Johnson right now. Uh I did want to, again, bring up Andy Isabella, season-high 37% of the snaps, uh, season-high in routes as well. We heard a lot about Andy Isabella in uh, throughout the draft season that they traded up to get him. They're excited about him. Uh, and it seems like maybe over the second half of the season, they start to phase out some of these other guys that haven't really shown up yet, like the Faro Coopers, uh, the Trent Sherfields, and all these other guys. Uh, if Andy Isabella is on the field consistently in these four wide receiver sets, maybe he's somebody we look to, so just pay attention to that situation as well. When it comes to the Bucks running backs here, EY, Ronald Jones, 49% of the snaps, 11 carries, 8 targets, and 8 receptions. The guy had 8 receptions coming into the game yesterday. He had 8 receptions in yesterday's game alone. So I don't think many people were expecting that type of pass game usage from Ronald Jones. Peyton Parker plays 27% of the snaps. Now, I don't think that Ronald Jones is a clear winner here, EY, and I'll explain why. The targets are good. The receptions are great. He fumbled, and in the second half, it seemed like the team went back to Peyton Barber a little bit more. Peyton Barber actually had a goal line rushing touchdown. So as much as I like the pass game usage for Ronald Jones, I do worry a little bit about that fumble and the fact that Peyton Barber played a lot in the second half. Yeah, I guess we're going to find out um, what Arians thinks about it. I mean, he came out before the game and said, look, at you know, uh, Ronald Jones is our starting running back. That's something that I've been hoping for. I think a lot of people have been hoping for. Peyton Barber is a serviceable running back in the NFL. But for me, just not a starter. Ronald Jones has the tools. He's proving that he worked on his uh, pass catching in the offseason, and he's obviously better at it. So I think they should just give him a run and see how he does. Give Rojo a run, please, Bruce Arians. When we come back, more winners, losers, eh? Situations from week 10 of the fantasy football season. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. With DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit, and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a free risk bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Zumo Channel 719. We are extremely pleased to welcome in our new STIR audience as well. You want the edge? Get on the grid here on Sports Grid. Also want to give a shout out to my guy, Greg Sussman. Congratulations once again. Getting married this weekend, Judy lucky lady cuckoo for sussman was the hashtag that we were going with ey it was a blast as well uh and of course as i suspected with nando defino there i was very intoxicated yeah i'm i'm kind of bummed i missed it man to be honest is uh Weddings are always fun. Uh, happy for Greg and Judy both. They're actually uh, in my town. Yeah, they're, uh, they're in your in neck Nashville, of the woods Tennessee. right now. Spending a couple days. They're going to come over tomorrow. I'm uh, going to fire up uh, the kitchen. Uh, I actually consider myself a pretty good cook, so I'm going to cook for them tomorrow. We have some drinks and hang out in my newly re- re- revamped bar room and, and uh, have a good time. So looking forward to that. All right, EY. Well, you might have been a little sad that you missed out on the wedding, but... Uh I'm pretty sad that I'm going to miss out on that. So hopefully I can make my way out to Nashville one day. Uh, I, I would love to join you in the EY residence uh, in that backyard. You know, maybe when it's not so cold, uh, some drinks, yeah. maybe a cigar or whatever. Uh, I've seen I've seen the lifestyle, EY, and I, and I got to say, I'm a big fan. BFF's Fantasy Summit this uh, this summer, maybe. maybe. Maybe we make something like that happen. We got to make it happen, of course. Let's get back into the winners, losers, and Eh? situations from week 10 of the fantasy football season. And EY, I wanted to talk about the Cleveland Browns because there was a lot of confusion heading into this week regarding this Browns backfield and how they were going to be utilized. Uh, And honestly, I came away thinking that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both winners based on how they were used yesterday. And I will elaborate a little bit more right now. When it comes to their usage, Nick Chubb, 80% of the snaps... Great. You like to see that. 20 carries, four targets, 24 running back opportunities for Nick Chubb, 121 yards. You'll take that. Perfectly fine. Seems very similar to what his usage has been even before Kareem Hunt was back in the mix. With Kareem Hunt back, Hunt played 58% of the snaps. So they combined here for 138% of the snaps. There were a lot of snaps where they were on the field together. Four carries for Kareem Hunt. Maybe as a Kareem Hunt owner, you don't like to see that. But nine targets. The nine targets yesterday uh, represented 24% of the target share. And, you know, given the snaps that he played, he played 38 snaps. It was, was, again, 58% of the Browns' uh, overall plays. And 14 of those came either out wide or in the slot. So if this is how they're going to utilize Kareem Hunt, I said yesterday that I think Kareem Hunt can be a flex in PPR leagues moving forward. And if Nick Chubb is still getting, you know, 20 to 25 opportunities then he's pretty much where he's been at the entire season. I think both of these Browns running backs are winners based on yesterday. What do you think? Yeah, I believe that too. And this is uh, this is what I thought uh, was going to be the case coming into the year. Is Nick Chubb is still going to be the starting running back? He's going to get uh, you know the majority of the carries, and Kareem Hunt is going to be um, a souped up Duke Johnson, basically. So uh, that's that's what they showed us. You know, Kareem Hunt is a talented player. He's going to touch the ball. He's going to catch a ton of balls and and make guys miss in space. And Chubb is going to continue to pound the ball. Catching the ball is not like he's not, you know he he can 
catch the ball, but it's not the biggest uh, shiny object in his uh, in his skill set. So, you know, this is a, a perfect setup, a perfect one and two running backs. Both of them are going to be productive, I believe. Um, Cleveland Browns won. So, you mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, they're winners in general themselves getting to three and six on the season, uh, taking down the Buffalo Bills yesterday. I I thought Jarvis Landry was a big winner as well. Nine catches for 97 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets against this stout Bills secondary. There's now three games in a row where Jarvis Landry has had double digit targets, EY. So I think Jarvis Landry is trending up, you know, high end wide receiver three, maybe even low end wide receiver two. It's crazy to say, EY, but Landry and Odell Beckham's value might be the same at this point. I don't think that that's a stretch. Odell Beckham yesterday had 12 targets, only brought in five of those for 57 yards. I think Odell Beckham and and Jarvis Landry have similar value right now. What do you think? What I know for sure is Odell Beckham is the is maybe the biggest disappointment of the year. Um, everyone was for certain that Baker Mayfield was going to be the best quarterback that he's ever played with, and that still may be true. But the Cleveland Browns can't get out of their own way, whether it's play calling, coaching, uh, scheme, whatever it is. I'm not smart enough to know, but this is not a good offensive football team where everyone thought that they would be pretty high-powered, especially bringing Odell Beckham over. If To me, if you were to ask me, I would swap them uh jarvis landry should have should have been picked before odell beckham um that was never going to happen no one thinks that landry is overall a better football player but maybe in how the offense have to has to run uh, they're more effective when baker mayfield goes back three steps and let the ball out of it get it out of his hands when he holds on to it they're in trouble and odell beckham uh look he can catch short passes too i don't know why they don't try to get him on more slants screens stuff like that this guy makes stuff happen when the ball's in his hands uh and they're too busy trying to force long balls to him and that's just not what they're they're able to do on the season ey jarvis landry currently wide receiver 23 odell beckham is wide receiver 34 so you're absolutely right right now jarvis landry has more value on the season uh and i'm I'm not sure that that is going to change i believe you know this was the toughest schedule coming up for odell beckham I'd i'd have to pull up uh the rest of what they have going on moving forward in terms of the schedule let's see here Pittsburgh, Miami is good, but two of their next three games are against Pittsburgh. That secondary has been ridiculous since they brought over Minka Fitzpatrick. The Cincinnati Bengals in week 14, week 15 against the Cardinals. Patrick Peterson hasn't looked like himself, so you got a mixed bag coming up for Odell Beckham. The Dolphins is a good matchup. The Bengals is a good matchup. The Cardinals, he should be able to take advantage, but those games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think that you're really going to feel good about Odell Beckham in those games. So Jarvis Landry, for me, a very clear winner from yesterday. On the other side of the ball here, EY, the Bills running back situation was one that we were monitoring. And I'll put Devin Singletary in the eh category because he got the snaps, which you like to see, 69% of the snaps. Nice. Eight carries, seven targets, only had 50 total yards. Frank Gore played only 31% of the snaps, five carries and one target, but once again was given the opportunity on the goal line, did not punch it in, but the fact that they were still going to Gore here, EY, tells me that Devin Singletary is not fully the guy yet. Like, yes, he's getting more work and he's getting more touches, but it's not like he is a workhorse right now for the Buffalo Bills. So I came away thinking that this is still in the eh category when it comes to the Bills backfield. What do you think? Yeah, and I agree with that. And like Frank Gore is still one of my favorite players of all time, but the reality is everywhere this guy goes, this is what happens to the running back situation. This is a a super experienced, intelligent running back that knows how to play 
whatever situation in the NFL, the coaches are going to lean on a guy like that. They're going to trust him in every situation. Devin Singletary is smaller than Frank Gore. Devin Singletary is a rookie and has not proven himself. I mean, like, I think he's going to be a good running back, and he probably is overall athletically a way better athlete athlete than Frank Gore, but that doesn't make him a better running back. Being a great athlete, Kellen Balazs, does not make you a good running back. Uh, Frank Gore uh, gets the tough yards. Obviously, they're going to trust him on the goal line, and it's going to make Singletary uh, eh, probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's move over to this Ravens and Bengals game. I already talked about Lamar Jackson, waxed a little poetic on him. The run that he had yesterday, just completely ridiculous. The spin move spins awesome. out of two guys. Uh, I, I retweeted a, uh, a video earlier today of the Michael Vick run against the Vikings in overtime, which was a historic run side-by-side uh, side with that Lamar Jackson run. And as great as Michael Vick was as a runner, Lamar Jackson is better. He just is. And it's not a knock on Michael Vick. Michael Vick was awesome, but I think Lamar Jackson is just in a, a different stratosphere right now. Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, four catches for 80 yards and, and a touchdown. Did not play a lot of snaps in this one. Didn't run a lot of routes. Honestly, they didn't need him to. You know, they, they were just dominating on defense here. Uh, they got the big lead thanks to Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. I did want to talk about Mark Ingram a little bit here. Nine carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. You know, the, the game set up for him to get a lot of work, but I think what the Ravens are, are thinking right now is they want to keep Mark Ingram fresh for down the stretch. Let's not forget he still is a running back that is past that 30-year-old mark, and they want him to be fresh for the playoffs here, EY. So you know, as good as the Ravens are playing right now, Mark Ingram's usage, and I got the stat from Florio last night. He tweeted this out. Since week six, Mark Ingram is playing just 45% of the snaps and averaging 13 and a half touches per game. I think that that is a combination of, you know, they have a lot of leads. They're trying to keep Ingram safe. And the fact that Lamar Jackson is running the ball as well as he is. Yeah, I mean, this is a, as a running football team, but the reality is, is is the number one runner is going to be the quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Jackson is absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. That's throwing and passing. People that say that he can't throw, they're insane. Uh, look, at he, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He, he's not, you know, Tom Brady. He's not that kind of thrower, but he can do things that, that those guys can't do. And the reality is, is you have to respect the fact that in a moment's notice, he's going to tuck the ball and run, and that opens passing lanes all over the field, and we've saw all year so uh you got to remember gus edwards is there gus edwards is still an excellent running back and don't forget about uh off-season darling uh justice hill so the reality is is, is ingram it, it's going they, they're in the business of winning football games and having him touch the ball 10 or 15 times is going to make them more deadly and more reliable come playoff time so that's what you're going to see uh i still like ingram but if you have ingram and you don't own gus edwards go after him trade for him if you can it's hard to find a winner on an 0-9 football team, especially the Cincinnati Bengals here, EY. But when we come back, I will tell you who I think was a big winner from Week 10. And yes, he is on the Bengals roster. It's the BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. 
the Fantasy Best Friends Forever right here on the Sports Grid TV network. No, we're not going to be talking about DJ Shark, but that was the metal version of uh, Baby Shark. And I mentioned before the break that we were going to talk about a Bengal on the 0-9 winless Cincinnati Bengals team that I thought was a winner from yesterday, EY, and that's Joe Mixon. 75% of the snaps was a season high. Career high, 30 carries yesterday as well. Three targets, 151 total yards. Gio Bernard is also banged up. I believe he's dealing with a knee injury, so we'll have to pay attention to that. But if you're telling me that we're going to get a a massive workload, maybe not similar to this, right? Like I wouldn't expect 30-plus touches on a weekly basis for Joe Mixon. But if you're telling me that we are now going to consistently get 20 to 25 touches out of Mixon while Ryan Finley is the quarterback, because frankly, he is not a good quarterback, or or at least isn't a good quarterback yet, then yeah, sign me up. I think Joe Mixon is a winner from yesterday. Yeah, actually, two weeks ago, I uh, I started my uh, Get Joe Mixon Everywhere campaign. Um, I got him in a few places, and the truth is, is, is I drafted this guy very, very high. I feel like this should have been the Bengals strategy from the beginning this is the your best football player even when aj green is there this is your best football player and needs to be touching the ball at least 20 times so as long as he's going to be getting that kind of volume sign me up man all day long yeah and i saw a few people talking in the chat that you know it took him 30 carries to just have a solid day 114 yards 3.8 yards per carry again it doesn't matter when you're getting volume like that it trumps inefficiency. It doesn't matter, man. Like, again, if you're giving me 20 to 25 touches, then Joe Mixon is back in the mix, no pun intended, uh, as a low-end RB2. I really do believe that, even with the inefficiency that comes with him. Let's hope that Zach Taylor doesn't mess this up because uh, Zach Taylor has been known to mess these things up so far this season. Please, just throw the ball more to Joe Mixon, will you? That's the one thing that I ask. He's a great receiver. Let's get more targets to Joe Mixon. EY, One of the biggest losers from yesterday, the New Orleans Saints, man, inside the Superdome at home, they put up just nine total points in this game against an Atlanta Falcons defense that had been struggling mightily. I understand the Falcons were coming off the bye, but all the credit in the world to the Atlanta Falcons in the spot for slowing down Drew Brees, slowing down the Saints running backs. So the Saints were very clear losers from yesterday, Uh, but I do think one of the winners on the Falcons side of things is Brian Hill, right? Based on the information that we have right now, Devontae Freeman dealing with a midfoot sprain. It sounds like he's going to miss some time. And Brian Hill played 52% of the snaps yesterday, saw 20 carries, had two targets as well. Next week, the Falcons are going up against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about Brian Hill a lot tomorrow on the Waiver Wire show. I think he's a very clear winner here as well, EY. Yeah, Brian and Brian Hill looked really good in the offseason. The reality is, is, look, this is a division game and this happens in football. The Atlanta Falcons are going to bring their A game every single time they play the New Orleans Saints. They could be the worst team in the league. They could be in dead last. The reality is, is they're going to get up and they're going to compete in this kind of a game. They went into uh, to New Orleans and, and punched them in the face. And it, it, it's good to see as an Atlanta Falcons team that uh, everyone was very high on. I don't, you know, there wasn't a ton of winners on that side of the ball. Julio Jones didn't do a whole lot lot um but brian hill is going to be uh that that's a winner for sure um and and people that have him if, if you uh were stashing him on your bench as the backup uh to to uh freeman which maybe not maybe it was ito smith but you're going to reap the benefits i can say in a dynasty league i've been holding him all year so, so uh i'm already nine and one in that league 
gig. So, I mean, I don't really need the help, but the rich get richer. The rich get richer indeed. EY holding on to Brian Hill and Ito Smith was placed on IR over the weekend as well. So this is just a very clear spot for Brian Hill to take over. And again, a good matchup in week 11 going up against the Carolina Panthers. Austin Hooper scored a touchdown yesterday, but got hurt. So he's a loser for me. Pay attention to that situation. The backup tight end there is Luke Stocker. And Matt Ryan has been known to throw the ball to the tight end. So uh, pay attention there because if Austin Hooper misses any time, then Luke Stocker might be in the mix as a deeper league tight end add. Calvin Ridley to me, I feel like Calvin Ridley is in the ad category because he's playing more snaps, which is a good thing. He's on the field and he's running more routes. But the targets haven't been there. So it's like, yes, there's a few positives, but ultimately the production hasn't been there. So I want to be excited about Calvin Ridley. I feel like everybody was after they traded away Mohamed Sanu, but he hasn't really taken advantage of this opportunity. He hasn't really been given enough of an opportunity. The targets are just not there for Calvin Ridley. On the other side, the New Orleans Saints here. A lot of people were wondering, EY, how this backfield was going to play out considering that Latavius Murray going into the bye was just ridiculous. If you remember, week eight and nine combined, he was the RB1 in both of those weeks. So he was performing very well. But with the Saints playing in the negative game script, we saw a lot of Alvin Kamara here. Kamara played 78% of the snaps Four carries, but did have 10 targets here. And Latavius Murray, just 25% of the snaps, five carries, and two targets. I don't know if we have a definitive answer here, EY, because if this was more of a neutral or positive game script, there is a chance that Latavius Murray might have been more involved. But it's very clear that when they're trailing in games, Alvin Kamara is still the guy in this backfield. And I know that some people were worried, saying that he wasn't 100% coming into this game. So, you know, how do you feel overall about the Saints backfield right now? Uh, Overall, it's confusing. You know, Sean Payton is an unbelievable coach and and has produced an absolute uh, goldmine of of fantasy performers over his career in New Orleans. But what's confusing to me is, you know, Ingram was used. I I know he was drafted by by the Saints and and him and Kamara shared a lot of the work. Uh, And I thought that's what Latavius Murray had been. I mean, Latavius Murray is, I think, I mean, statistically is the number one or in the top three goal linebacks in the NFL over the last four or five years and the fact that this guy isn't being used that much when Alvin Kamara is in the lineup is very confusing to me. I feel like Kamara is probably better used with 15 to 20 touches or, you know, like somewhere, you know, 20 being on the high, rather 12 or 15 is more uh, a better use of Kamara uh, and have the other running back pick up the other carries. That's not what's happening. Uh, Kamara is being used more than I thought uh, he would be and more than I think he should be. Latavius Murray is a good football player, an excellent running back, and should be seeing some more more touches. Yeah, I always liken a situation like this, EY, to Lamar Miller back in the day, right? When he was on the Miami Dolphins, fantasy owners kept begging, give us more touches, more touches. Then he went to the Houston Texans and his efficiency went down because he started getting more touches, but he just wasn't, his body was not built was not made to handle that type of workload. So overall, I think Alvin Kamara is in a similar spot. I agree with you. I think, you know, if we got 14 to 16 efficient touches out of Alvin Kamara in this Saints offense on a weekly basis, then that's perfectly fine. We've seen in the past, that's enough for him to be a top five, maybe even top three running back for fantasy. Let's get Latavius Murray those other 10 to 12 touches. We also saw what he was capable of when he was filling in for Alvin Kamara himself. 
himself. I think Jared Cook, also a clear, clear winner here, had 10 targets yesterday. Cook, Kamara, and Michael Thomas combined for 34 of the Saints' 44 targets yesterday. So that's a very concentrated target share. And, and if Jared Cook is seeing that much of the target share consistently then he is definitely a tight end that you want to add right now. So uh, make sure you go out there and look for Jared Cook on your waiver wires. EY, I just want to bounce around a little bit here quick uh, because we only got a few minutes left in the show, and I want to try and hit on as much of the action from yesterday as we possibly can. So let's jump over to the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't win the game. EY's Titans won the game. But Patrick Mahomes, first game back, over 400 yards, Three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill saw a career-high 19 targets. His previous career-high was 14. The 19 targets yesterday represented 39% of the Chiefs' target share. Uh, So I have both of those guys as clear winners for fantasy purposes. Uh, And then Damian Williams as well. While he fumbled, and that caused a touchdown for the Tennessee Titans... He played 70% of the snaps once again. That's back-to-back weeks over 70% of the snaps here, EY. And he had 19 carries. 19 carries represented 86% of the Chiefs running back carries in this game. So I think, and, and Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown as well. I think if we have the very clear Mahomes is QB1, Tyreek Hill is Q, uh, wide receiver 1, Kelsey is tight end 1, and Damian Williams is RB1, that makes life much, much easier for fantasy owners when it comes to this Chiefs offense, EY. Yeah, the McCoy scratch was pretty confusing for me. Uh, I haven't been following that situation as close as I probably should, but but that was the very confusing. Damian Williams is a guy that was drafted super high and drafted as a number one running back, and he's shown he can be that when he's given that opportunity. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, there's no question. In 50 years, they're going to be talking about this guy. He's only getting better. He's hurt. I mean, it's obviously when he would scramble and run out, he's definitely not as fleet as foot as he was, dealing with uh, an ankle and the, the dislocated kneecap obviously is going to hinder him but it doesn't matter this guy is an absolute animal at the quarterback position can make a throw from from any level any platform arm angle it doesn't matter he he's unbelievable Tyreek Hill is the is the fastest guy in the NFL I don't care what anyone says especially with the football in his hand he's he's little but it doesn't matter he will out jump you he will work you he will out position you and there was times yesterday where I was just like how is Tyreek Hill that open I mean like it doesn't make any sense it's because he's he's one of the top receivers in, in the whole league his route running his ability to stop on a diamond face the quarterback makes him almost impossible to cover but this the Titans laid down what I think is the perfect recipe the perfect game plan to beat these guys you run the ball you control the ball you keep the ball away from Mahomes he had an unbelievable game and they and they lost because their defense is not good they're having a hard time stopping people especially the run once the running back gets into the secondary they're a mess an absolute mess and they laid down a game plan like everyone should be working against the Kansas City Chiefs this way run the ball run the ball run the ball Absolutely. And the Patriots kind of created that blueprint last year. We saw that in the playoffs when Sony Michelle scored three rushing touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and I think that the Tennessee Titans really piggybacked off that uh, that game plan yesterday. And it made a lot of sense. Obviously, um, their run defense specifically for the Chiefs is not a good one. Their secondary has actually played better this year than I think most people expected. But the way to attack the Chiefs is on the ground, as EY mentioned. Let's move over to MetLife Stadium. Gabe Morenci dubbed this game instead of the Snoopy Bowl, the Poopy Bowl. He uh, said that both of these teams, the Jets and the Giants, were messier than, quote, a Port Authority bathroom. I can't disagree with him at all. Uh, And I think yesterday, EY, we saw... 
two very clear winners in Darius Slayton and Golden Tate because this Giants defense is not good. They're going to get into shootouts. They're going to be in negative game script games where they need to throw the ball. Evan Engram is banged up. Sterling Shepard, I'd be surprised if he plays again this year. And now Saquon Barkley is banged up as well. Two very clear winners for me, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. Two top five wide receivers this week were those Giants wide receivers. And Saquon Barkley, EY, what in heaven's name did we get yesterday? 13 rushing attempts for one yard. The Jets traded away Leonard Williams. I understand they've been good against the run, but 13 rushing attempts for one yard? What do you make out of this Giants offense? The Saquon Barkley thing is, I mean, it's just ultimately confusing. This is a guy that, that, last year when the New York Giants were a bad football team last year as well. And it didn't matter. So this is a guy that, I mean, look, you're not going to sit him. You're not, you know, I don't think he ever has a game like that ever again in his career. He's a freak athlete, uh, one of the best running backs in the league, but it's absolutely perplexing that that, that was a thing. Uh, the Sterling Shepard thing is, is uh, you know, the con- concussion thing. Uh, I'm not going to get into what I think because uh, <laughs> we know what I think. Um <laughs> So yeah, I just I don't know. It's a it's a mess, and 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 Gabe is absolutely right. It was a messy game, but look at there's fancy winners on on both sides. So so you just you got to pay attention to who's getting the ball. Herndon's now out, so we don't have to deal with that mess anymore. Tight end continues to be an absolute nightmare. Some other quick winners here: Eric Ebron, Todd Gurley, Gerald Everett as well. One very clear loser yesterday: Cooper Cup, zero catches. Oh. What's up with that? What's up with that? For Eric Young, I am Frank Stample. Thank you so much for watching. This was the Fantasy BFFs on the Sports Grid TV Network. We'll see you again tomorrow. We hope. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Oh, are you wearing the Titans helmet? <laughs> I see you yes, now sir. up in the studio. Shout out to EY and his Tennessee Titans. I texted you as soon as they got the victory yesterday. Really, really yep. fun game between the Titans and the Chiefs. Of course, on the back, or rather the legs of Derrick Henry. The guy is just unstoppable right now, EY. I honestly wanted to give you a moment at the top of the show here to just try and kind of wax poetic when it comes to Derrick Henry. Because again, we've heard fantasy analysts for weeks now, for months, EY telling us, sell Derrick Henry, sell Derrick Henry. He can't keep it up. He doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, which means that he can't be this good for fantasy football. Well, he just keeps being this good for fantasy football. Nearly 200 yards rushing on the ground yesterday, two touchdowns. He is currently your RB4 on the season overall. EY, that is your man, Derrick Henry. Yeah, a little late getting to the show, uh, coming off a bit of a bender from uh, celebrating the Titans' big win. Just got home, and uh, it has nothing to do with Apple and their awesome updates. Um, 
yeah, laptop is is working like a breeze. But I mean, look at if people are going to tell you to sell Derrick Henry, go ahead and listen to him. And if they have Derrick Henry, buy him from him because Derrick Henry is the number one running back. He's been a number one running back all season. Look at his production. Look at his stats. If someone tells you, oh, well, he doesn't catch the ball or he's this or he's that then stop listening to what they're saying. They're obviously not paying attention. This is a team that wants to run the ball. This is a team that wants to lean on Derrick Henry. And when they do that, they're successful. Now, there are times when they get away from that. Last week, he had two carries in the first half. No one knows why that's a thing, but it was a thing. So, yeah, Derrick Henry is the number one running back. The stats can back it up. I don't care if he catches footballs or not. Um, That's not part of his game, and he doesn't need that to be part of his game to produce. So, Guess what? I was right again. (laughs) Guess what? EY was right again. EY, I would like to take this time to apologize to you as well, because I bet the under on rushing yards for the season for Derrick Henry. The the prop for him was 1,175 rushing yards for the season. I bet the under. I knew that they were going to lean on him a lot. I just didn't think that Derrick Henry was going to be this good. So I'm a fool. You were right. And I apologize. No, nothing to apologize about. I mean, the reality is, is that was the consensus in the offseason. That wasn't for for me. Uh, um, I see this guy run in real life. You can't even understand how fast he is. All he has to do is get to the second level. You saw that in yesterday's game. As soon as he got, he got into where the linebackers were, I yelled, he's gone. And it's exactly what happened. Nobody could catch this guy. And, I mean, second half... Do you, do you see any guys that are 185 pounds wanting to tackle this monster? Absolutely not. This is how they win football games. Derek Henry is the man.